0: Welcome to the Globig podcast, where we talk to international expansion experts from around the world to make it faster and easier for you to take your business global. Hello, I'm your host, Anka Corbin with Globig. So, our hot international business and HR topic today is HR challenges when expanding globally. And our guest expert is Gita Bargava, the co-founder and COO of Mihi. Mihi is a SaaS solution for time and attendance, vacation, leave management, and benefits administration for companies with a global workforce. So not just the local ones. This is one of those unique software that is all about going global. Now. Gita has a 20-year track record of operational excellence and innovative problem solving, and she led the vision and development of Mihi's proprietary software. So I'm really, really excited to have her join us here today. Gita, welcome, and thanks a lot for joining the Glove Podcast and just sharing your expertise today.
1: It's great to be here today. I'm looking forward to our conversation.
0: Oh, fantastic! So. You know, we all both, you know, we I know both of us work in this international field and we work with a lot of different international companies and I've noticed that most of the first timers start their international business by kind of trying to force fit or cobble together their current processes and their HR services to try to meet the needs of their international business and it just never works very well and I know you see this all the time so From your perspective, what are some of the bigger challenges that you see right now when companies start doing business across borders, and what are some of the areas we should pay attention to?
1: So currently, we are operating in global economy. It's no surprise that companies are expanding globally much sooner, as it has become a necessity. This has a lot of strain on HR workforce, as different countries have different rules and compliances from working with hundreds of companies, the top challenge that I have seen uh, that understanding the US versus outside of US.
0: Hmm.
1: And as, as we realize that um, our companies are going global, but our HR workforce also may or may not have Um, experience in overseas uh, policies and procedures. Mm -hmm. In U.S., employment is at will. The employer or employee can quit just by giving notice. However, outside the U.S., employment is via a contract. It is very important to provide an employment contract based on the local laws so the company is protected in case of employee does not work out or if they have to let that employee go for some unforeseen circumstances the company should never give us-based offer letter to be taken advantage of oh and we see that all the time right yeah yeah numerous times we have have seen if the company provide a us-based offer letter That employee right away know that the company is not uh, knowledgeable enough about their um, environment, about their laws. For example, one of our clients did that, and the employee negotiated saying, pay me $2,000 more, and you don't have to set up the pension for me. And we were telling our client not to do that. That's not right. And the client was in shock when we ran the payroll and they realized that the pension was mandatory. And some of the European countries, the social taxes could be up to 50%. Right. And they were very upset.
0: Yeah, it is. That's always such a surprise to companies. And and they think that they can do the same things that they can do here in the U.S., but it just doesn't work that way, does it? Uh,
1: Not at all. They are not protected if it is not based on the local laws. And lot a lot of ca- countries require dual language um, employment contract. one is the local language, one is in English. And mm-hmm. we make sure that our clients understand and the translation is right, so they understand what they're signing up for. And we, as a service provider, always, Um, keep in mind that we are keeping our client interest in heart. So we are not just doing the employment contract based on just the law, but more practical application of it. And that helps us tremendously when we have to let the person go. Because contract only comes in place if it doesn't work out. Right. Otherwise, who look at the contract? Nobody, right? If it is working out, nobody cares.
0: Right, but that doesn't always unfortunately happen, right? So it's important to protect the company for something that hopefully never happens, but definitely important to protect. So what do you see as some of the other big challenges that companies should be prepared for?
1: The the other big challenge is legal compliance.
0: Hmm.
1: What happened is that it's very common for U.S. companies that we can give a verbal offer or give a offer in an email. But when you're hiring somebody outside of US, you need to keep in mind that you cannot provide employment contract or make any commitment or any written communication without setting up a legal entity in that country. If a, a company provide an offer without having a legal entity they are not in compliance with the local laws right and if the company decides that they does not intend to set up local entity they can work with global peo services like global peo services to protect their interest uh, when it comes to local laws and compliance so the the global PEO services work the same way as the U.S. Trinet or some domestic PEO, where you are putting the employee on a, a PEO company for tax purposes, tax and compliance, and but that employee is actually yours. So right. you are managing your employees, but you don't have the extra burden on.
0: Um, providing um, local um, compliance. Right, trying to get that, that entity set up. And it's probably the a great option for companies that are just really starting out. And then as they grow, they'll probably want to set up an entity and hire them directly. But it's such a good way to start for a lot of companies, isn't it? And
1: I, I would like to add that a lot of the PEO companies um, what they do is once you put them as their employees and if you want to move them into your entity, you will end up paying severance because there is termination clause uh, per country. But there are other um, service providers which offer both services like PEO services as well as um, incorporation and registration that they can work in conjunction with to get themselves protected and not have to pay severance to the employee. So that is also another piece to keep in mind how long you want the PEO um, services to be and what are you signing up for.
0: Oh, I never what thought PEO? about that. That's actually a really big point. So whatever company you're looking at, make sure that they can transition you from when you're first starting from a PEO into your own business without it being a problem like having to sever that agreement, right?
1: That's correct. Very interesting. Because uh, technically when you're using the PEO service, that employee is not on your payroll. That employee is on the PEO services payroll. And when you're setting up your own identity, you're transferring that employee from the PEO payroll to your own payroll. So that's the, the, the piece that you need to understand how long the contract is, what will be if you need to move that employee from the PEO to your own payroll.
0: Right, that's such a good point. I have never thought about that. That's excellent. Now I do see a lot of companies trying to adapt their US employment contracts, for example, to doing some international hiring. and. I I've heard lawyers where they're like, "Oh my gosh, that's the worst thing you can possibly do from a legal perspective, and it sets you up for failure from the very beginning." So, I I completely understand the challenge. What are some of the other uh, common challenges that you see when when going international?
1: When you're looking at um, international hiring, one of the another very important point is about social tax and benefit entitlement. Um, before you're hiring employees outside of U.S., the company should work with experts in understanding benefits that are statutory, which are required by law, versus supplemental, which are optional, versus customary benefits in that country. Mm. For example, in like Asian, Asian countries, if you're hiring a, a senior level person, it's customary to provide a driver. And your supplemental benefit could be great, but if you're not providing the customary benefits because it's an image thing, Mm -hmm. that you might not have an employee interested Mm -hmm. in working for you. At the same time, you want to understand what is required by law, which is statutory, and what optional you're you're doing. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we see that companies are talking about we want to be equal with all our employees. So whatever benefits we provide um, in U.S., we want to make sure we provide overseas. But, you know, there is a huge difference in the social taxes and benefit entitlement from U.S. versus overseas, because in U.S. it's not important other than local laws. If it requires, like in California, you have to provide sick leave. Uh, And Uh, There is no mandate for anything else. But overseas, you have companies where you must um, uh, provide um, leave, uh, statutory leave. Like, Mm -hmm. say, for example, for example, you have um, uh, in France, you have two different kind of leave that is required by law, and they both expired at different times. And on top of it, government employees can come check for you to verify whether you denied or approved all their leaves. So companies where they want to do unlimited leave because they don't want to have additional requirement to accrue and it puts additional burden on finance, uh, overseas unlimited vacation does not help because you still have to document, you still have to accrue, you still have to provide uh, the leaves that people have to, uh, is required by law. The other example is, if you hire somebody uh, in LATAM countries, which required employee to be registered with the social security before they start the employment, and sometimes their labor uh, officer has to be in presence. But if the company, hiring company, have not set up the entity, they really cannot register that employee in that country. And so employee can actually lose their social security because there is a break in the social benefits. Um, So it becomes very dangerous to go ahead and hire somebody or offer them employment without having to register in the country without understanding the benefits which are required and which are just optional.
0: You know, it's interesting, it's almost a minefield that it doesn't make any sense for someone to navigate without having an expert guide them through because, you know, that's a pretty big problem if one of your employees loses their social security because you just didn't know better, right?
1: That's correct.
0: You know, do you find that there's also a big gap between the understanding of what the costs of these benefits and taxes might be and how different they are from your maybe U.S. employee? And that I, I see that surprising people quite a bit that they don't really calculate not just the benefits and the legal requirements around them, but those the costs being pretty significantly different. And that is true.
1: Um, as I mentioned earlier, some of the countries in uh, European countries, um, the ban, uh, the the social taxes and other benefits could amount up to fifty, fifty three percent, which is very, very significant from the cost perspective. So it is always advisable that the companies work with experts to understand. Um, before expanding um, in a country, they also need to understand how easy to hire and fire in those countries. Some countries, once you hire someone, it's impossible to let them go. Mm-hmm. France used to be that. They're trying to change. But we need to understand our risk before we decide to expand in, in the countries. A lot of times we work with the companies where we'll put a global, uh, they will have a global hiring, and then we'll go through the approximate cost of, say, setting up the entity, the hiring, the benefits, and year-end compliance. And if things doesn't work out, what will it cost to wind down? Because some of the countries, like, say, India and others, it could take a couple of years to wind down an entity, and it becomes very expensive. So it's always good to not rush into expanding and hiring uh, just do a calculation make sure that you have planned for it properly
0: right and that's what your group of companies really are experts in so you know we invite our listeners just please reach out have them help you to understand this before you jump in it's a makes such a big difference in your you know in your success level if you will and you set
1: up expectation with management also. There is no surprise for anyone then.
0: Right. Right. You just know that you've, you have peace of mind that you're going to be taken care of and things are okay. Excellent. So what other challenges have you found? I mean, these are significant and it's really fascinating to hear about.
1: So all the the challenges we have talked about, these are the uh, uh, the challenges that we see because um, we live in a, a US perspective, right, because we are not exposed um, to other things. One of the biggest myths I have found is that HR people uh, have this global view for all employees. And there is no one platform for payroll systems for that can serve all countries. Mm-hmm. Because different country has different payroll and time attendance system to address the various local laws. There are systems where companies can manage their global time attendance and leave management, and have local requirements built in, and it comes with a reasonable cost. And Mihi is one of the the system that we built, and the biggest need that we built Mihi to manage the local law compliance was we were hired by um, a, a spin-off and we were supposed to support um, 3,500 employees in 31 countries. And they had a lot of policies and procedures over time when they have um, acquired different companies. And it was really challenging to manage all the benefits that they were providing provided by the company plus on top of it the local requirement and a lot of countries also have additional requirements based on your title uh, what level of employee you are or how many year of service that you have done and will spin off normally your year of service is based on the first time they were hired and it could be 20 years ago and multiple acquisition. So this might be a sixth or fifth or 10th acquisition. So you have to have all those in account for to make sure their um, their salaries are properly accounted for, their vacations are, all the other benefits. And we were finding the challenge of setting up uh, these um, on um, a platform. It was the platform that was available was at least half a million dollars to implement, and it would take six months to do it mm. We only have six weeks <laughs> <So> we actually <laughs> i and I told my team that no matter how many manpower we put in, we are going to fail without a system.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So what we try to do is we build the system to do the local time attendance because, say, for example, in Italy, You might have a salary employee, but if they work uh, overtime, they must be paid overtime. So Mm -hmm. you have to keep time and attendance to make sure that you are paying people for overtime. Or, for example, in Brazil, when people take vacation, they must be paid before they go on vacation. How do you comply with that? None of the U.S. systems or any systems you Mm -hmm. have can help you keep that and keep you out of trouble in that Mm -hmm. country. So this is where we had built in all the local compliance. So say Brazilian employee apply for leave, the manager approves it, the system sends an email out to the payroll saying so-and-so need to get paid and this is the vacation day. Or uh, in France, the statutory leaves are uh, part of the system which sends the manager an email there is a month left and your employee haven't taken your statutory leave. So please manage that. So those kind of things we have built in from our experience to, to protect our client base and to our employees, because now using Nihi, our clients can have a global view, not from payroll perspective, but from benefit and leave management perspective. Payroll, we still have different platforms. ADP Streamline does a very good job in aggregating, but there is a still a local payroll providers that's doing the payroll processing and they are trying to provide the data. But they don't have time attendance for each country as one unit or leave management. So we work with them hand in hand where we are providing them. That additional support they need to provide the global view, but
0: unless you know about it, you will
1: not find it
0: right and it is so complicated right it's it's not i mean it's already hard enough if you go to one country, but the the example that you were sharing about the the larger company that had thirty one different countries that just has to be a, a massive complex nightmare. <laughs>
1: and be going live in six weeks right? and making sure that you can take care of employees are, it's a huge challenge.
0: Yes, it is. How how exciting though. I'm a really, I really like what you've built with me here and I invite our listeners to check it out because I think it's really novel and it does something, you know, something really, really well. So, you know, the next challenge I know you and I've been had a chance to think about is this is one that's super important to us as well. And, yeah let's talk a little bit about the big elephant that all the american companies are dealing with or really companies around the world and that's GDPR. uh GDPR that is true so as of may 26 the GDPR just
1: went live and mm-hmm. there is a huge penalties for not um following through so what happens is with hr department we collect and store vast amount of employee data for payroll to employment history purposes. But we all know GDPR just went live in Europe and the employees have to opt-in and opt-out choices. So even though employees have opt-in and opt-out choices, but GDPR regulation does allow the employer to collect and store data for HR and payroll purposes only. HR department must maintain employee privacy at a greater degree. Further, in many countries, businesses are required to register with the local authorities and provide information on data, um, company's data protection officer. So, what we need to make sure is that we don't send out employee information to anyone. If they have the name and address, it should not be sent out to anybody that does not need to have it. All the payroll data should be protected. All the HR data should be protected. So a lot of times we we work with either encrypted emails, which is an extra protection, or you want to save it on secure server and not send it through emails. So you need to really worry about who need to know and why, and what is the use of it. Mm -hmm. And if we keep that in mind, we can keep ourselves out of trouble. Like a lot of times our prospect will send the employee data out to our salespeople. And it's like, no, you cannot do that. You have to tell your prospects, please do not send any data to us. Mm -hmm. And if you need to, we will provide a secured link to upload it. And especially if you are, Working in in European countries, or I will say, working outside of US, and even US is looking into following um, GDPR footsteps and have some kind of law for data protection. So it's always good in this environment to make ourselves more conservative and follow the guidelines and prepare ourselves and educate our, especially HR and payroll employees, how important it is to to protect employee data.
0: Absolutely. We do a lot of um, assessments and we're doing a lot of, you know, helping people understand the scope of it and then also helping them to their partners together like you guys right and figure out how do you protect all these different pieces how do you change your day-to-day process of things that you were doing inside of spreadsheets and emails that you shouldn't anymore right how do you connect them into platforms such as yours or platforms such as Globig? like what are the ways that we can do that to make sure that they are really compliant so no i i totally understand that and and it's the
1: the the Uh, GDPR is another reason uh, why we have MIHI. And MIHI, what we have done is expanded where we don't distribute payslips. Employees log in and they get their payslips. We provide our clients the platform to upload their payroll changes. So then it gets transmitted to payroll and we connect with Workday, we connect with ADP Streamline, we connect with ADP Workforce. So we we have worked with uh, these uh, companies so then this data is not out there in open in emails that can be easily had.
0: Fantastic. All right, so let me recap here. So some of the bigger challenges, and I know there's lots of them in going international, but some of the bigger ones is really understanding how the U.S. is very different from international, it's, uh, You know, making sure that legally you are in compliance and having a partner that can guide you through that, really getting a grasp of the different social taxes and benefit entitlements and even the costs and the requirements around those and and having more of a global view versus just a you know a country centric view and how there's no one perfect place you pretty much have to look at you know the specialists that can do this in a number of different countries and then of course paying attention to data privacy laws such as GDPR, but it's actually not the only one, right? That we know that GDPR was sort of the big flagship, but lot of lots of countries are taking a look at how do they protect their their citizens' private data. What are some of the resources that you can share for people to learn more about these topics?
1: So we have the Global Upside blog, which is a great resource to learn more. And I've shared several articles that can be linked from this podcast for the listeners. And if ever needed, the listeners can reach out to either yourself or directly to Global Upside, and we would love to help out in helping them understand the global market.
0: Fantastic. We'll make sure to put your contact information for you, the different companies as well as those resources that you gave me. Yeah, those articles were great. So thank you, Gita. I want to thank you so much for joining us today and, and just sharing your insights. It's been a pleasure to have you as our guests And you know, listeners, make sure that you join the free resource hub on Co. if you're serious about doing business internationally. Um, there's lots of information about HR and data privacy platforms and companies such as Mihi and Global Upside that we've talked about, just to make sure that you're compliant and just making your day-to-day much more productive and taking that risk away. So. Subscribe to this podcast channel for more fantastic international expansion podcasts. And thank you all so much for joining us today.